0: and jump on into the message this morning. We're continuing our flannel board story uh, messages. And today we're going to be talking about Abraham. Um, and Abraham is obviously, he had many sons and many sons at Father Abraham. I actually considered, and this is showing that I'm, I'm actually, you know, getting wiser as I'm getting a little bit older. I actually thought, you know, like everybody stand up and we would actually sing the song <laughs> Father Abraham together. But I figured, you know, we'd all, you know, when that was finally done and over with, we'd all just fall over and fall asleep and wouldn't hear the rest the message. So, we may do it after the message is over, so hold off on that, but uh, I think we'll probably hold off on that, but uh, please, and and know this, I I forgot to mention this the last couple weeks, if you have kids downstairs, uh, the downstairs kids are going through the same um, messages that we are. Now, they they may talk about, obviously, they're going to talk about it at their level, but uh, they've talked about creation in the first week, and uh, and talked about, uh, uh, oh man, I just went brain dead, Noah, thank you, my goodness. See that makes me feel good, you know. It's like okay, you guys remembered. Yeah, exactly. Noah was last week. They talked about Noah, and they're talking about Abraham this week. So, uh, if you have kids that are down there, or maybe grandkids, take this opportunity to to talk to them about it. Now, they may talk about a little things a little bit differently than we will, of course, but they are going to be talking about those things as we are. So, well, let's first, of course, start by telling the story of Abraham. Now, there's there's a lot of different uh, stories that we could tell, but I felt like this was the story that God wanted to, me to share with you this morning. And so, before we do that, let's go ahead and pray though. Father, we love you. And God, you're so good. And God, we ask that you would just help me to communicate the words and the things that you want to communicate, Father, that that my words would cease. And that yours would begin. And that, Father, you would open our hearts to hear what the Spirit is saying. And, Father, we're so thankful because you're so good. And you have something for us this morning. And we want to grasp it and hold on to it and use it. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start in Genesis 15. Um, And this message this morning is is really all about the promises of God. And and so it's kind of going to follow that theme. But in Genesis 15, 1 through 6, we're going to see... um, the start kind of the not the start of, of Abraham's story but the start that we're going to focus on this morning and it says this sometime later The Lord spoke to Abram uh, in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all of my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can that's how many descendants you will have and then finally in verse 6 and abram believed the lord and the lord counted him counted him as righteous ...because of his faith, okay? So, obviously, as we start this story here... ...Abram is in an interesting situation. God has promised him that he's going to bless him... ...and he's going to do all these things. And Abram kind of, sometimes, unfortunately... ...kind of has the attitude that we have. And Abram kind of looks at God and says... ...well, really, great, what are good are all these blessings? I'm not going to actually be able to share these with my kids... ...and my descendants. I don't have any kids. And so, basically, it's going to go to my servant... And so God promised him no. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do an amazing work, and I'm going to bring forth a child in your old age. Because at this point, Abraham is is over 75 years old. We're not exactly sure how old he is. We know that he left Haran about when he was, the Bible says, when he was 75. And so we know he's he's at least that old, which is is, is getting up there, obviously. And Sarah, Sarah, who we change her name in a little bit, is the same situation. She's older. And he's going, I don't have anything. And so God gives him this amazing promise of, of a son, an amazing promise that not only is he going to have a son, but that his descendants are going to be like the stars in the sky. So that's how our story begins. And now we're going to jump into Genesis 16. In Genesis 16, Abraham is waiting for this promise. It hasn't come yet, and he's getting a little impatient. Sarah is getting a little impatient. And so we pick up the story in Genesis 16. This is what it says. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, has not been... Been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. Okay? He agreed with that proposal. Now let's jump to verse number 15 and 16. It says, so Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. So basically here in our story, God has promised them something, but the promise has not come in the timing that they thought. And so they get an idea that we're going to start helping God. We're going to take care of this situation. So Abram basically goes with with, with Hagar and and they have a child together named Ishmael. Now, if you know, and we're not going to get into this today, but if you know kind of how all this plays out in, in the whole scope of the world, basically, this becomes a major problem. God does bless Ishmael. He does bring descendants from Ishmael like God promised he would do. And so now we have a lot of issues and we aren't going to get into that this morning. But just know that when God gives a promise and God does this, God is going to do amazing things even when we mess up. But there will be consequences for it. Okay. So, so they have that situation. Now let's go to Genesis 21. Now in Genesis 21, we're gonna see how this story kind of not ends, but the ends where we're gonna kind of be looking at it this morning. And it says this: the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah. Now notice here at this point, we'll talk about this in a little bit, Sarai has been changed to Sarah. And for Sarah, exactly what he'd promised. She became pregnant. And she gave birth to a son for, once again, not Abram, but Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time that God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. And Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Now, here's what I'm finding is I'm looking in Scripture and I'm looking at these types of things. And I was studying this. God usually works in, when it comes to his promises with a pattern. There's usually a pattern that comes, and if we can understand the pattern of the promises of God, it can help us during this process that that happens. Because here's what I believe, and this is what I know. God loves to give promises to his kids. He loves to do that, but we have to understand that God's promises typically work in a pattern and like I said we need to understand that so this morning we're going to look at first is the pattern of the promises of God we're going to try to get through this a little bit quicker because I think it's fairly easy to understand but the first promise is is there's three steps to this and this is in your notes and the first step is the promise is spoken the promise is spoken. Okay, basically here we see God speaking in Genesis 1 through 5 to Abraham. And basically saying, listen, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a son. I, and, and this son, is, it's going it's to multiply and multiply and multiply and be awesome. But first step, the first thing that God does is the promise is spoken. The next is the promise is delayed. The promise is delayed. And look at Genesis 16, 1 through 2. Sarai, at this particular time, sees that the promise isn't coming... ...when they thought the promise would... ...or in the timing that they thought the promise would. And so this promise is delayed. Now, we're going to talk more about this delayed thing in a minute... ...but I don't want to get into it quite yet. The last step of this promise, or of of this pattern... ...that I find seems to happen again and again and again in Scripture... ...is the idea that the promise is provided... The promise is provided. In Genesis 21, we just read it here where God comes and he gives a son to Abraham. Now, here's a situation that we need to understand about the promises and the patterns of God. Okay, two out of the three you can do nothing about. Okay, you can do nothing about. You cannot speak the promise and you cannot provide the promise. And I want you to hear me on that and understand that. Okay? Because a lot of times what we tend to do and the reason we get into trouble is because when the delay is going on, we think that we have the ability to provide the promise. Okay? Here's what's amazing about the promises of God. God speaks them and if God speaks them, he will provide them. Okay? He will provide the promises that he speaks. So where do we find ourselves the majority of the time? The majority of the time we find ourselves in the delay. We find ourselves in that place of, of when God. When, is, when are you going to bring forth the promise that you promised me? When is this going to happen? Win, 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 win. I know that I sometimes will do that a lot. We're all sit there and go, God, I know you promised me this. I know you said you would do this. I trust and believe that you're eventually going to do it. But sometimes with God, I'm constantly doing this. I'm constantly looking at my watch. God. God win, God win, God win. And I think that's where we find, for most of us, we spend the majority of our time when it comes to the promises of God. Is in that delay, in that delay. Now here's what we need to understand about the delay. The delay is, there's always a purpose behind the delay, okay? There's always a purpose there. Sometimes we think that we know better or we know God's time. Listen, God knows best and he knows the timing. So what I want to focus in on for the rest of this morning is this delay time and kind of how what we should do. But before we talk about what we should do during the delay, I want to talk about what we shouldn't do during the delay. Because we find in the story of Abraham, they cause a lot of issues and a lot of problems because of that. Because they weren't, uh, because they didn't always do the right thing, they did the wrong thing during that. So, if we if we look in our notes, we're going to look at that together. What not to do during the delay? And I've listed two things that I think is important for us to understand from this story about that. And the first one is this: what not to do. We should not trade the promise for a perhaps. Don't trade the promise for a perhaps. Look at this. This is a very interesting portion of scripture here. This is when when Sarai has gone to Abram and, and, and the promise hasn't come in the time they thought. It hasn't come in the way they thought. And so now they begin to think, well, maybe God needs my help. And maybe God needs... And so this is what she says. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. Folks, listen to me. Hear me here. Because I do this a lot. I think we all at times do this. We trade the promise of God for a perhaps. We trade the idea. God's promises, listen, are yes and amen. There is not any lying or deceit in the mouth of God. When God says, I will do it, guess what? God will do it. And that is an amazing promise, and that's an amazing comfort, and an amazing peace. But you know what we tend to do? We tend to trade that that ironclad guarantee for a perhaps. And the reason why we do is because we don't understand why the delay is going on. We go, God, but God, this is a great thing. But God, this is a wonderful thing. God, God, why wouldn't you want to do this right now? Listen, God has his reasons. And you have to understand that there is always a reason behind the delay of God. And God's reasons are always good. Do you understand? Always good. Okay? So listen, the next thing that you need to understand, the next thing you need to not do, do is miss the fact that God wants to change your name you miss the fact that God wants to change your name now we're going to look at Genesis 17 here in Genesis 17 now obviously that's obviously between 15 when the promise is spoken and seven or 21 where the promises is provided so this is this middle time okay and this is what it says what's more I'm changing your name it will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. So God here changes Abram's name from Abram to Abraham. And one step more. Look at fifteen and sixteen. In fifteen and sixteen, or, or as we continue, I'm sorry, with with uh, verse six, it says, "For the I will." For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. Okay, so that's what he tells to Abraham in verses five and six. Now, in verse number fifteen and sixteen of chapter seventeen, he goes one step further. He says, "Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife. Her name will no longer be Sarai. For now, from now on, her name." will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. So in this period of waiting, what does God do? God doesn't just sit there twiddling his thumbs. He's not just sitting there going, well, let's just see when this happens. Oh, this should be interesting. He changes their name. Now, why does that matter? Because during this time, to have a name change was almost like a complete and different change of who you were as a person. Listen, God's not interested in the delay for when the the promise is spoken to when the promise is provided for you to be the same individual. God wants to change you. God wants to form you. God wants to make you more like him. Okay, here's a good question as you're in the delay. Here's a question that if you find yourself today in that problem, God, I know you promised me this. I know you're gonna pro- you promised me, but I'm in a delay. Here's a question you need to ask yourself. It's very simple. God, what do you want me to learn? And how do you want me to grow in the delay? Let's not waste this time. See, God wants to change your name. God wants to change who you are to make you more like him. Okay? Listen, I know, I'll just speak for me. I know in my life there have been times where where I have been in that delay. and, And I'll just be flat honest with you. I've wasted the time. I've wasted it. Because I was so invested in the win... That I didn't live in the moments today where God wanted to change my heart and change me as a person and change my name. I know it's hard. I know it's so much easier just to go win, 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 win. But God doesn't waste time. There's always a purpose in that delay. Okay? There's always a purpose. So let's look at what we should do during the delay. Let's look at what we should do during the delay. Now, before we get into this, um, I'm assuming some of you know this just by knowing me. But um, and and I don't know if you're like this. You you know, there's um, some people that are, some people that aren't. But I am a uh, fast walker. Okay, like like I I I move quickly. Um, I, I sometimes will look at my son and, and who sometimes, and it's not really fair to him. I'm, I'm totally aware of that because his legs are much, much shorter than mine, you know. So it takes a lot more steps for him to get to where I'm going as well. But sometimes I'll look back when I think he's lollygagging and I'll say, Easton, come on, move with purpose. That's kind of what I tell him, move with purpose because I can go. And, and here's the funny thing. When I get going, I man, I am on, I'm... You know we are moving and grooving. We are on our way. We're and and you know what? There's been times where my wonderful, sweet wife has has had to stop and go. "Uh, uh, Honey, we're back here, and I'll turn around and you know they're they're you know across the street or something like that. I, I move quick. And, and, and what's interesting about it is I'll have to slow down and kind of wait, you know. And usually what will help me is I'll grab her hand or grab his hand. And, and, and either I'll try to pull a little bit quicker, unfortunately, or that'll usually just help me to slow down. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. We're at Target. We, 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 we're we're going to get milk tomorrow, you know. And I'm trying to get there. You know, but, but one thing we need to understand is, is God wants us to stay in step with Him okay? I don't know if any of you have ever been in a marching band, or I'm sure you've all seen them or something like during Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or whatever, and, and they'll be marching, and, and you look down the row, and they're just everyone, boom, in step, in step, in step. I had, a, I had some kids in the youth group back in Albuquerque that, that actually, I, I didn't know this because I was not in band, uh, that actually I guess there's a way you, you're supposed to walk, like a heel, and then I, I don't know, but they were telling me, and, and it helps them to stay in step. What we have to do, and what God has called us to do in that delay is to stay in step with him let's look at uh, Galatians 5 25 it says this since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit okay so what does that mean that means that if I lined us all up here and we were to stay in step that if I said you know I've seen this in in military movies and things they'll say right right or maybe no it's left (laughs) left left Left, right, left. Yeah. So, you know, everybody that's in the you know, military is like, oh, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, why did you do that? Yeah. So, I mean, you're moving around. Yeah. But, but that's what God's wanting us to do. Now, here's the issue with that we can tend to go too fast or we can tend to go too slow. Our job is not to try to dictate the pace of the promise being provided. Our job is to stay in step with the Spirit during the delay. Stay in step so that we're not getting too fast. We're not getting too slow. And we are keeping in step with God. Now, I want to give you, to conclude this morning, I want to give you three simple steps for keeping in step ...with the Spirit, okay? Three simple steps to stay in step with the Spirit. The first one, okay? The first one, keep your thinking up. Keep your thinking up. Now, remember, this is during this delay period. Keep your thinking up. Isaiah 55 says this, 8 through 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord... ...and my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine... For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Here's what we tend to do in the delay. We tend to put limits on God. We tend to have this mentality that honestly is somewhat selfish, self-centered, and self-focused. We tend to say like Abraham did at the beginning of our story, God, you have not provided me with a son. And we tend to limit God in the delay. God may have promised us great, awesome things, but because the delay is going on, we tend to kind of shrink it and shrink it and shrink it and shrink it and shrink it because we think, oh, well, that'll make it more attainable for God. Now, this is God who spoke the very worlds into existence. And what's awesome about God is God doesn't just give us little promises. God gives us big promises. God gives us promises that don't just affect us, but affect others. And we have to understand that. In the story this morning, it's really interesting. And I want you to get this picture in your mind as Abraham is having this conversation with God in chapter 15. He's sitting there, and and we, we find out that God eventually tells him to go outside. So he's in his tent... And he's having this conversation with God. He's somewhat blaming God. He's saying, God, you haven't done what you said you do. You haven't brought forth the promise that you promised me. And what does he want? He wants one son. That's what he's asked God for. One son. I just want one son. Why does he want the one son? He wants the one son so he can give his stuff to the son. He's not thinking about Father Abraham and many sons. He's not thinking about that concept. He's thinking very small here. He's thinking about one son. And what does God tell him to do? He's limited in that tent, isn't he? He's in a box kind of in that tent. And so God tells him, go outside hear my heart on this. I believe that God gives us promises and we got to sometimes get out of our little tent, out of our little world, get outside and see that the promises that God has are big. And what's he say? Go outside. And he says, Abraham, look up. Look up. He says, count the stars if you can. Meaning he can't. There are so many stars. Abraham doesn't have the issue of, of, of lights on every street corner. He looks up and he just sees millions. I mean, just stars everywhere. And God says, that's the promise I'm giving to you. That's the promise. Not one sun, but the stars. Look in your notes. It says this, and you've got to catch this. This is important. Abraham was focused on one sun. God wanted him to look up. And focus on the stars. That's the type of promises that our God gives to us. We sit there and go, God, just one son. God, just one soul. God, just, just, just one this, just one that. And God says, get outside. Look up and see what I'm going to do. But listen, we got to keep our thinking up we got to know, God, you have great things in store. God, you're going to do great things. Listen, our, our better days are ahead of us. They're not behind us. Why? Because the promises of God are yes and amen. And those promises are not just to have one son, not to just barely get by. But those promises are a promise that says, look up and see the stars. Look up and see what I can do when you will allow me to do it. And that is not just a promise for Abraham. That is a promise, I believe, for every child of God that we can look up. But we got to keep our thinking up. Number two, keep your giving up. Keep your giving up. Now, I'm not talking uh, not just about financial. I'm talking about talents, time, treasures, all those things. Keep your giving up. Look at Mark 10. It says this, For even the Son of Man came. Not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen, hear my heart on this. I've talked about this before. You want to be like God? You want to be like Jesus? You need to be a giver. Because what we see over and over and over from God is giving giving for he so loved the world he gave the son of man came to give we give and we give and we give and here's what we tend to do we tend to sit down and we tend to go okay god you promised this and you're going to provide that and so my job now in the in the interim here is just to sit and do nothing no 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 okay no our job is to be givers of those, of those things that God has given us. So he says a, lot of times, a lot of times what God will do is... You remember we talked about this earlier. God wants to change our name. A lot of times God, through our giving, will use that to change our name. He'll use that portion of... So it's not about sitting and waiting. It's about being active and giving of ourself and of our time... ...and our uh, serving and being a part of things... Okay, the idea is not this. You don't want to say, well, God, you promised this types of things, so I won't move until you bring forth the promise. God doesn't see that. God doesn't look at, when I look at the promises of God, there is constantly movement and serving and learning and growing in the delay. Okay, there's all that happening during that time. So listen, keep your giving up. Keep your giving up. And the last one, keep your prayers up. Keep your prayers up. Look at Philippians 4, 6. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, okay, instead of worrying, pray about everything. Don't worry about everything. Don't worry, God, why haven't you brought it forth? God, when are you going to bring it forth? God, how are you going to bring it forth? Instead, pray about it. Pray about it. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he has done. Thank him for all that he has done. So we need to keep our prayers up. Listen, and this is in your notes. I'm going to ask you a question, okay? And this is a question that was posed to me several years ago. And it was very, very convicting, which is, which is a good thing, Okay. Conviction comes from God to help us draw us to God, okay? This wasn't shame. It wasn't I'm a horrible person. It was God using the words of this friend to to challenge me to be more like him. And it's in your notes, and I want to ask you this question this morning. If God answered every prayer you ever prayed, okay? Let's stop there. I want you to think about that. If God answered every prayer you ever prayed, okay? Okay? Wow, that'd that'd be something, wouldn't it? God answered every prayer you ever prayed. And this is the question. Would it change your world or would it change the world around you? Would it change your world or would it change the world around you? You see, one of the great things about this story about Abraham is once again, and here's the great thing as we look at these stories, um, and, and we're, we may not talk about every week as far as these individuals, we'll talk on some of them, but we really see the humanity in these guys. You know, we see Abraham questioning God. We see Abraham blaming God. We see Abraham having all these things, these questions, God, when and, and, and how, and, and even though he was a great, great man of faith, he wasn't perfect. He dealt with some of the same things that you and I deal with. And here's the thing. At the beginning, he was praying. Hear me here. He was praying Abram prayers. He was praying Abram prayers. God, give me a son. God, give me an heir. God, let me have that one son so that I can give all my stuff to. And at the end... Because of what God did, because of God changing his name in those processes and in those situations, what do we see? We see later on, Abraham begins to pray Abraham prayers. He begins to see the promises of God are not only yes and amen, but they're massive and they're huge and they're awesome. Listen, God's not wanting to just give you promises so that you can hold on to them, enjoy them for yourself, and then die and go be with God forever. These promises are gonna splash and connect with people and worlds and situations and nations. But listen, we gotta pray big prayers we got to pray those prayers that say, you know what? I'm not just going to pray about my marriage and my family. I'm going to pray about this individual's family and their marriage. I'm not just going to pray that God blesses me financially and helps me in these ways. I'm going to pray that God will do that for this person and that person. And if God does it before he does it in my life, I'll celebrate and I'll be excited. And it'll be awesome that we begin to understand that it's not just about us. And our prayers aren't just about us, but instead they're big And they're huge. But question, if God answered your prayers, who would it affect? Who would it affect the most? And if you can say, you know what, Aaron, I'll just be honest. A lot of times my prayers is what I want, what I need, what I desire. And listen, hear me here. God tells us to bring our needs to him. Okay? That's not the issue. The issue here is, are your prayers big enough where you're basically saying, God, hey, I I need this, yes. But you know what, God? I'm also going to intercede for my wife. I'm going to intercede for my friends. I'm going to intercede for my church. I'm going to intercede for my community. I'm going to intercede for those other people as well. Because, God, I believe you're going to do massive things and big things and change everything. So what should we do during the delay? We keep our thinking up. We keep our giving up and we keep our prayers up. If the worship team wants to come back up to the front, we're going to close, but I do want to close with Ephesians 3, because I think it's an important verse as we've talked about the promises of God, as we've looked at these things together, because again, I don't believe that God wants to give us small promises because we serve a big God. A big God. And this is what it says in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now, all glory to God who is able, okay, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I just want you to stop and let's, let's just look at that for just a second. Let's, let's take a moment to see what Paul is saying to us in this letter to the church in Ephesus. God is able. God is able. If he speaks a promise, he will provide that promise. He will do it because of the mighty work that he is doing in us to change us, to help us to see. And here's what's so amazing, because I want you to stop and I want you to think about what Paul is trying to communicate here. God has the power to do infinitely more then we might ask. And you know what? That would have been enough. That would have been plenty. But God says not just what you can ask, but what you can think. What you can ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, Abraham when it came to the promises of God, when it came to the covenant that God wanted to form with him, he, he, he at times really, he struggled with this like we all do. Even, even in the, the with the promise is spoken, he doubts and how can this be and, 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 and he's just thinking, listen, he's just thinking of one son and he's having a hard time understanding how God's gonna do that. God takes him outside and says, look up. In the process of that waiting, in the process of, of trying to figure out God win, God win, he, he makes the mistake of trying to help God. He trades, he trades the promise of God for perhaps this will work. Perhaps, maybe. If everything falls just right, then maybe this will happen. And then in 21, Abraham Abraham and Sarah have Isaac. God fulfills his promise. And I see it over and over and over again. God says, I'm going to do something. But there's that delay. But listen, if God speaks it, God will provide it. So let me can we can we do this? Let's all close our eyes and let's just focus for a second. Because I believe that for a lot of us, we're in that delay. And I believe that God has spoken promises to you and over you. And I want to encourage you this morning. Hey, I don't know when it's coming, but if God spoke it, He'll provide it. Okay? And I know that's hard, and sometimes you get tired, and, and it's really easy to start going, man, where's Hagar at? Where's, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe we can make this work. Maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe this is the way they got, you know, I, I see it. I do it. We all We all get to that place. But you know what? I want to encourage you because God's going to bring that provision. Even if we mess up at times in the delay, God will complete his promise to you. So you can have peace and joy knowing that God's promise is gonna take place. But you know what? For a lot of us, we're in that delay. And for a lot of us, we're, we're changing, we're changing, we're giving up that promise for a perhaps. For some of us, we're fighting the name change that God wants to do in us. For some of us, we haven't been keeping our thinking up. We've, we've shrunk it down and said, well, maybe God, well, maybe, maybe this could happen or, you know, God, maybe you can just do this just enough. And, and for some of us, we haven't been keeping our giving up. And, and for some of us, we haven't been keeping our prayers up because we're tired and it feels like it just doesn't affect anything. Listen, hear me here. I've talked about it. There is always a purpose behind the delay. But before we get there, I want to encourage you. Your promise is coming. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know that when my God speaks a promise, that he keeps his promises, folks. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. No, no, listen. Isaac is on the way. It may seem impossible. It may say how in the world? That doesn't make sense. But your Isaac is coming. But you can't control when Isaac comes. You can't control the promises that God gives you. What you can control right now is how you handle the delay. And I know that God wants to let this delay period be so fruitful and so amazing and so awesome that it's just a continuation of joy and excitement when the promise is provided. So I just want to pray over you this morning because I know That probably, if not all of us, most of us, God has promised and we're waiting. And I believe that God wants to do great things. So would you pray with me as I pray over you? Father God, right now, we love you. And God, we thank you for your promises. God, we thank you that your promises are yes and amen. They're good. And we know if you spoke them, you'll provide them. You'll do what you promised you would do. But God, for some of us and for most of us, we're in that delay. We're waiting for that moment where where you're going to provide. And God, I pray that in that delay, you change our name. Father, I pray that you would make us completely different people, more like you. It's not that you don't love us the way we're at. It's that you want to change us and make us more like you. So Father, I pray that our names would be changed. I pray that it would be an opportunity of great fruitfulness in our lives. God, you're not giving us these promises just so we can have them and hoard them. You're giving them to us so that we can share them with the people around us. You don't want to just give us a sun. You want us to look at the stars. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help us to do that. You're so good. And we thank you for your promises. And we thank you that your promises are yes and amen. So keep speaking your promises over us, Father. Keep speaking them over us. We love you.